0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Heavenly Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm aware that for most of you, it's strange to hear some unfamiliar sounds while probably you are in the cafeteria or somewhere where you just happen to be and right there next to you, there is a group of students whose language you don't recognize. Yes, It's again the the intense week of of classes for the Center for Hispanic Studies Concordia Seminary. And not only that, but today you will also listen to the message of the gospel from someone with an accent, accent and kind of a broken English that reveals not only that we are immigrants, and just for clarification, legal immigrants, but also that the Holy Spirit is active and working powerfully among the Latino community. And this morning I'd like to focus your attention on the reading from the book of Exodus and speak about what it means to see God's glory. And I will be using briefly some phrases in Spanish just that our people would also understand. Hermanos y hermanas, brevemente quiero decirles que estaré enfocando nuestra atención en el tema acerca de ver la gloria de Dios y de qué forma nosotros en el presente la vemos. Brothers and sisters, we all need to have God's assurance that we are going to heaven and will see God's glory face to face. But unfortunately, not everyone has this conviction, and this reminds me of the pastor that was preparing a dying man for his voyage into the great beyond. Whispering firmly, the pastor said, Denounce the devil. Let him know how little you think of his evil. The dying man said nothing. The pastor repeated his order. Still, the dying man said nothing. The pastor asked, Why do you refuse to denounce the devil and his evil? The dying man said, until I know where I am heading, I don't think I ought to aggravate anybody. This is not good theology, but this illustrates how many people are in this dark world. Do you have in your heart the certainty that you will see God's glory? Moses was one of of those unique individuals in the history of the church, His duty was to lead a rebellious, self-centered, stiff-necked people through a desert to the promised land. And to get this job accomplished, Moses needed a close relationship with the Lord. Now, when we come to chapter 33 that was just read, Moses has just received the 10 commandments and the law from the Lord. He was gone for 40 days and 40 nights while he received the law and while he was away, the people made a golden calf, began to worship, worship it as God, and committed terrible sin of immorality. When Moses came down from the mountain, he saw what they were doing and threw down the stone tablets containing the law and broke them. Now the Lord is angry with, with the people, and now he refuses to go with them into Canaan. This situation put Moses in a place of discouragement and doubt. He needs something from the Lord if he is to continue to lead these people. Hermanos y hermanas, en la historia que acabamos de leer del libro de Éxodo, encontramos de que Moisés se encuentra en la montaña con Dios y cuando desciende con las tablas de la ley, encuentra que el pueblo se ha revelado y por tanto se ha alejado del Señor. Eso hace que Moisés quede en una situación de desánimo y duda y por tanto necesita algo más del Señor. He needs something else from the Lord if he is to continue to lead these people. So Moses makes a bold request that our theme focuses on. Moses says, Now, Lord, show me your glory. Moses was asking for something he did not really understand. First of all, the glory of God is not what Moses expects, he wanted to see something humanly comprehensible. But God explained to him that what he wanted wasn't really possible. So God offered to show Moses just a small part of his glory, what God called in the reading, his back. And even at a low power, the glory of God made Moses' face shine with a radiant and glorious light. But brothers and sisters, Moses did not see what you and I have seen. We have seen the true glory of God. The apostle Paul speaks in 2 Corinthians chapter four. He writes there that the light of the knowledge of the glory of God is in the face of Jesus Christ. You haven't seen that glory with your eyes, but with faith you have heard and seen that glory that comes in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus is, as the writer to the Hebrews put it, the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. Because no man can see God's face to face and live, God decided to veil his glory in the flesh of Jesus Christ. Jesus is no less glory, is no less his glory. It is just filtered through his human nature so that we humans can behold him. The glory of God is not chiefly his power, although that is awesome and glorious and attractive, but the glory of God, brothers and sisters, is in his love, in his grace, his forgiveness, and all those things that he has done on behalf of such insignificant creatures like you And me. His love is such that he set aside, but did not renounce all that it is to be God, and took on human limitations and human flesh, and became a man. Now I am sure that what Moses saw that day is not exactly what we saw. The Bible says that he saw God's back, and that is his glory, and even his face was shining at that moment. But I am sure, however, that He never heard or saw what you have heard this morning and every Sunday when you go to worship. Moses never knew, at least until God brought him home from the top of Mount Nebo, that Jesus Christ is the true glory of God and that the forgiveness of sins purchased and won by the Son of God for you at such a tremendous price is God's glory. Notice also that God knows Moses by name. In verse 12, Moses says to the Lord, yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Then in verse 17, the Lord says to Moses, you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Brothers and sisters, this is a remarkable truth about God. In holy baptism, God puts his holy name in us and he calls us by our names, starting a personal relationship with all of us. I think of this as a New Testament concept, but here we find it in the earliest pages of the Bible. You know, a while ago I read a story of a young family who lived in New New Haven, Connecticut. One night, Their small daughter said the nightly prayer, and as often happens, she got the the Lord's Prayer a little bit messed up when she said, Our Father, who art in New Haven, how did you know my name? She may have confused the words, but she got the message just right. God is in our cities, and God knows us by name so if you want to see the glory of god just like moses and who doesn't then look at the cross where god did the unimaginable and endured the unendurable for you and me and look at the baptismal font where god called you by name and adopted you as his own in jesus christ then Look at the altar and the holy supper there where God feeds you with his true body and gives you to drink of his blood. Finally, look around you at this holy fellowship into which he has gathered you. Don't be deceived by appearances, accents, or the size or color of the crowd. Just look and believe all that God has spoken about his church and you will be seeing God's glory.